Hey fam, welcome back to another episode on Like It Is with Melissa. It's your girl, Melissa. And today I want to talk about raising a black or brown son. Now, as you all know, I need to let you know to check out my website, www.likeitiswithmelissa.com. Check it out. Check out my social medias. Come and follow my other family. Check out my YouTube. Purchase my book, What's Butterflies Got to Do With It, okay? Purchase that. Support a black sister, all right? And, you know... Show some love. Just show some love, y'all. Can y'all show some love? All right. So again, that's www.likeitiswithmelissa.com. All right. So this topic could be heavy. I'm not going to make it heavy. I really just want to have a, you know, a candid conversation about how it can be difficult raising a black or brown son due to how the world is, due to how black and brown men and boys are looked at, due to how society has trained people mentally to think about how black or brown men or boys are. And yeah, it's deep. It's deep. It's annoying. It can be stressful. It can be a whole lot as a mom. Um, And of course, I'm speaking from a woman's point of view, a mother's point of view. But I do know that there are stresses that come from a father's point of view because I speak to my husband and he talks about what it's like to be a black man all the time in this world. So let's get into it. I mean, I have raised my son to really look at the world as People are evil and they do not have to be white, black, Asian, Spanish, whatever you want to say. People can be evil and it's not always about the color of their skin that makes them evil. It is their spirit. It is their character that they have that makes them evil. And I have raised him to pick his friends according to character, not the color of their skin. Um, And I know people say all the time that racism is not taught, but I'm sorry. Yes, it is. If you are raising your children to look at the world a certain way and look at people, a certain group of people, a certain way, then you are raising them to be racist. And sometimes it's not in your words, it's in your actions. It's where you go, where you don't go, what you say about certain areas. What you say about certain foods, what you say about um, how you think and how another group may think. And not in a way of just like describing culture, but in a way of saying they're wrong and we're right. Like it's all about everything you say, you do, you go, you don't do, period. So if you find a young child being racist, that was taught. They learn color and culture and differences and they're okay with it kids are okay with differences it's when they start looking at differences as wrong or right or that's a group you don't hang with I mean kids are taught these things 
they don't wake up with them. God didn't create people to wake up or be born and just say, hey, I'm not going to like black and brown people today. Or, hey, I'm not going to like Asians today. Or, hey, you know what? Yeah, I, you know, I'm black and brown. And I, I hate myself because I'm black and brown. Like, no, no. Society has created people to look at certain groups a certain way. And if you're not careful and you don't raise your children carefully, they will latch on to those ideas that we see through television, that we see through commercials, that we see in videos, that we see every day, even in our own school system. You can look around and you can see that there are certain communities that aren't even treated well. And I'm not just talking about um, the physical being of people, but I'm talking about the community that they live in the community that they live in okay will be treated differently because of who's living there like that's racism people have decided where money goes people have decided what communities they will invest in that's racism and so we see it every day when we wake up. We see it every day when we turn on the TV. We see it every day when we turn on the news that certain communities are treated differently based on who lives there. Um, I know that there is this one joke. It's, they, I'm using joke lightly only because um, it has been in several jokes and sometimes, you know, it's laughable and sometimes it's not. But they talk about in the black and brown community, they talk about when they call the police that you need to sound white because if you sound white, then they'll come. But if you sound black, then they won't come. Now, the crazy thing is that, yes, you can kind of tell when you're talking to a white person or a black person, because naturally, um, historically, black and brown people have kind of like a deeper voice even women we have a deeper tone in our voices and yeah I mean it's just genetics that's what it is and so when we talk there is a tone that you hear and you can kind of tell it's a black person um, and then there are certain tones that you can tell it's a white person their tones are not as deep as a black woman even now if you really pay attention to how I'm talking there is a deep tone even with certain words even just how I just said words like it's crazy but yes that is like a joke that people say all the time they're like if you want the cops to come you need to sound white so that the cops will come and that sounds crazy but that also shows how upside down our world is that we truly believe in order to get help, we cannot be ourselves. To get help in your own community, to call on people that are supposed to help you and supposed to help the community, we make this joke that we must sound white in order to get help. That's crazy. We're saying we can't be ourselves. We can't be ourselves in order to get help. It's crazy. It's scary. And it's something you never want to have to teach your kids. But today I want to talk about like some of the things I had to teach my son Noah that I didn't even want to teach him because who wants to say as a, a black 
and brown boy, you may be treated differently at your school. Or when you get older, you may be treated differently or even in the world today, like because black and brown boys usually just get tall naturally in their stature. Their shoulders are usually broad. And so they're looked at as older than they really are. And sometimes they could be stopped on the street for doing nothing. Or someone can just be afraid of you because you're black and brown and you're tall or you have broad shoulders and you didn't even do anything. But all because you are a black and brown boy, I had to teach my son these things. And let me tell you, someone asked me, when are you going to start teaching Noah about color? Because for a long time, of course, he could see that people look differently and people talk differently and people eat different food and he can see all of that. But I was not teaching him racism. I did not want to raise him that way. Y'all know, y'all already know I'm a spiritual being. So I want to tell my son about the spirits that people hold and the character identifies the spirits that's within them. And that's what I wanted to teach him. And I did that. And I feel like I've done that well. But there was a point where someone said, well, when are you going to teach him about racism in the world because he is going to have to face it and see it and deal with it and live in it and my response was when he starts to ask questions when he starts to ask questions and so you may be asking well when did he start asking questions and so he started to ask questions when, when it was in 2020, when George Floyd was killed by a cop and there was no mercy. That's when he started to ask me questions. It became so evident to not ignore it, but to lean in when he started asking those questions that I, I, I had to answer them. And what made him start to ask questions is everywhere we went, there were stores and restaurants boarded up. I mean, everywhere, Brockton, Randolph, it didn't matter. It was like you couldn't even ignore it. You couldn't get away from like the evidence that the world was not fair and that people were angry and that a lot was happening in the black and brown community and people had enough. And so I had to tell him about George Floyd, but he already knew about that. He already knew. So he just said, mom, why are they boarding everything up? So I started to talk about George Floyd and what took place and he already knew um but then that was the moment I said he's asking real questions and I have to answer real questions with a real answer so I said to him you know there's something that I need to tell you and it's not fun to talk about but I need you to know that as a black or brown boy one day you'll be a black or brown teenager and then a black or brown man. And it doesn't matter how many degrees you have. It doesn't matter how smart you are. It doesn't matter. People will always look at you as 
aggressive or be afraid of you. Um, you can be gentle, you can have a big heart. And people not all people, but there are people in the world who will still look at you as you're, you're not capable and you're incompetent, because you're a black or brown boy. And he said, Mom, why would people do that? And I said, that's another good question. Why would people do that? You answer that question for me, Noah. Why do you think people would automatically make an assumption about someone and know nothing about them? And he said, because they're not paying attention to that person's character and they're not paying attention to that person's spirit. And I said, exactly. So. I'm saying that to say I am so happy that I laid this solid foundation about your character and the spirit that you hold and who you are as a person that speaks volumes about you. And because I did that, when I started to talk to him about the world and how racism is very evident and it will be in his whole life, um, hopefully there will be a change one day. Right now, I don't fully see a change I see that there are people who want to change and there are people who have changed and I can honestly say I have encountered many people who were who were white yes I'll say it many people who are white who I enjoy their company and I I trust them and I care about them and I pray for them and I have like really cool people in my circle who are white okay and so I know that they're not all bad. I know that. And I just hope one day that the white people who do feel a certain way about black and brown people will recognize that we're not all bad and that we're people and kind of identify us by our spirit and our character. But Noah like quickly jumped on and he was like, because they're not paying attention to someone's spirit and their character. And that's why they think that. And I said, you're right. You are right. That's exactly why someone would think that about you. Because you are such a good kid. You are so smart. You are loving. You are caring. Anyone who's in your presence will say that you're thoughtful. Like you're all of those things. And so I just started to edify him. And I said, it doesn't matter what people think. God knows who you are. God knows your heart. Your, your mom and your dad know your heart. Your family knows who you are. And I told him, but there are, will be times and there are times where people are going to try to treat you differently. And when they do just know, again, you still identify their character and the spirit that they hold. And those people cannot be in your circle. It's that simple. I feel like I can't just talk about society and racism and not help him navigate through it. And one one way, one major way to let our kids know how to navigate through it is to tell them that when they see people that are treating them the wrong way, you don't have to have them in your circle. They don't have to be your friend. They don't even have to be an associate. They don't. And he's at that age where he doesn't have to have that issue. Um, but one day he's going to have to start working. And I'll have to have another conversation before he starts working. And kind of get him to understand how to navigate 
when he is in a leadership role because he will be in a leadership role. I trust and believe that or he will own his own business. Okay. And when he does, I want him to know how to navigate when he has to work with certain people who don't look at him the way they should or don't give him a chance to get to know who he is. They already assumed and made assumptions of who he is. He needs to learn how to navigate through that too. So I'm kind of spoon feeding him because I don't want to give it to him all at once when he doesn't actually have to have it. Right now, he just needs to make sure that he's picking people who love him and respect him for who he is to be in his circle. And that's not even just like racism. It's in everything. Like I told him, if he has people that he hangs out with and they have an issue with him blessing his food, they shouldn't be in your circle. They should be okay with you blessing your food. And if that's the issue, then they should not be in your circle, period, full stop. So I have these conversations with him about everything. And I try to be careful because I also don't want him to be close-minded and live in a box and think that the only people that are for him is black and brown people because that's not true either. I want him to be well-rounded and I want him to make wise choices. And so I spoon feed him so he can navigate where he is now. And then when he's in another season, we'll talk about navigating that way. But those are the hardest conversations to have with your black or brown son because who wants to tell their child that they're already looked at in a negative way like you're already you're already labeled you're already framed as this person and you didn't even do anything wrong who wants to tell their child that absolutely nobody so I just want to encourage mothers and fathers out there who are tuning in, um, who are black and brown and mothers and fathers out there who are tuning in, who are not black and brown. Doesn't matter what culture you are. This is a conversation we all need to have. And encourage those parents who are black and brown to have those conversations, but edify your child and give them strategies to navigate through life so that they're not caught off guard and they're not easily offended, but that they know exactly what to do to handle every situation they may face. And I also want to speak to those parents who are not black or brown. It could be any race that you are coming from. I do think it's important for other cultures to have that conversation with their children too about how the world is and how society has marked black and brown people in general but specifically today black and brown boys and men and be real with them and teach them right make sure you're molding your child to recognize that all black and brown boys and all black and brown men are not bad people that what the TV shows is not even close to who we are. And I'm telling you, I just hate TV. I don't really watch TV. 
And that's partly why, because I think it just wants to push and show the things that the that society wants us to believe is true. And what happens is people watch that and believe like that's what the world is. And that's just so crazy to me. So even with Noah, I'm very cautious as to what he can watch, what games he can play, like everything, because that is feeding your child what they watch feeds them what they listen to feeds them what their eyes see feeds them listen your eyes your ears are gates to information and if your children are always watching things that are the opposite of what you're teaching them trust and believe what they see and what they hear is molding them you have to be careful and so I absolutely hate tv I remember when I was young and this is not even something that I can say was said only in my family, but um, my husband too, he also said that his mother used to say this, like the TV is a, a one eyed monster, a one eyed monster. And I remember like being young and like the movies being like the worst thing to go to. Like, don't go to the movies. At one point, they was even saying it was a sin. And I thought it was crazy. I really did. I'm going to be honest. I'd be like, how is that a sin? Just going to the movies. And I still believe it's not a sin. But I will say this, that there are so many movies out. And due to me having a better spiritual understanding about your eye gates and your ear gates, what you even watch in the movie theaters feeds you. So if I go and I'm watching something that's not going to encourage and uplift me, it's actually going to bring me down or make me sad or is going to influence my thinking in some kind of way, like it's not good for me. And so you can kind of understand why at one time they were like movies is bad and the TV's is I um, what they call it a uh, one eye monster. <laughs> Stop playing. Okay. I get it. Somebody say, I get it. Come on. I get it. Okay. I get it now. And so we have to be careful. So it doesn't even matter what culture you are. Like we need to teach our children how to love each other. We need to teach our children how to pick people based on character alone. Period. Full stop. That's what we need to do as a community. We need to do this for our children so that our communities can get better. When we think about character and we think about the young lady in Mexico who was beaten up by her so-called friends um, and they were black and brown and she was black and brown. That didn't make them good people just because they were black and brown. And so they killed her like that's crazy these are people you travel with when you travel with people that far going to Mexico you would think that there was some trust there to do that only to see that we don't even know the whole story we just know that things went down that shouldn't have went down and a life was taken so yes yes some people may be listening and saying like What's wrong with you? But I'm like, no, it is about character because I don't care if you're black and brown. Like if you're not going to be good for my son, then you shouldn't be around him, period. 
If you're Asian and you're not good for my son, you shouldn't be around him, period. If you're white and you're not good for my son, you shouldn't be around him, period. I'm still going to teach him to pay attention to character and the spirits that people hold. Because that is the evidence of who you really are. And to also look through the people who are fake. Because you have some people who will pretend that they're good people. But they're not. And so he needs to learn that piece too. Like, yes, they did this. But then they did that. So... Let's look at this. Are they are they a good person? Are they good for you? And so all of that, I'm going to support him with navigating. But I will tell you, that was one of the hardest conversations to have with my son to literally talk about the world, racism, and him as a black and brown boy raised in a place where racism is still very real. That was hard, but I have to have those conversations. And so do you out there have those conversations and give your children strategies. I want to end with just saying. My prayer is that eventually the world changes and they can see people for who they are. Maya Angelou said. When they show you who they are, believe them. When someone shows you who they are, believe them. Don't make up excuses. Don't find ways to sugarcoat their behavior. When they show you who they are, believe them. And so if you believe they're showing you who they are, you'll make better choices. All right, so... Listen, I love y'all. Y'all my people. Thank you for your support. If you haven't already, download this podcast. You want to stay tuned in all of my candid conversations, okay? You want to hear about everything and be a part, okay? I'm excited. I'm excited. Yes, I'm on vacation, y'all. So y'all might hear from me every day. We'll see. But I want to just, you know, give you all my love. Thank you for listening in. And I still know, although I'm on vacation, that does not mean you're on vacation. So, my time is valuable and your time is valuable. I will see you later or I will talk to you later.